In a world where social media rules and startups come and go, three men set out to make a difference and educate the masses about virtualization. Six months after real life got in the way, they're back. And this time, it's personal. Welcome back to VSuit. It's episode 57. 57. We've taken the New Year's resolution to bring your favourite show back on the road, so here we go. It's just the three of us tonight, so I'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about. You know, that echo in the end actually made it better. <laughs> I thought so too. Did you guys hear that? Yeah. Yeah, there's been a bit of feedback from Mike right there, but uh, yeah. So it's 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 been a while since uh, the the three of us have, have met, um, and I'm hoping that we've we've all been up some some fun and games. Um, I know myself, I've been pretty rushed off my feet. It's the the usual sort of end of year stuff that we had was pretty fun. Um, went to a lot of events, spoke to a lot of people, um, then had such a good Christmas. I forgot my password. On, on logging back in, so oh, that's that's please. pretty much a sign of a good Christmas when you can't actually remember shit. <laughs> well, I think it's the first time I've ever in my entire IT history forgotten a password. Like, not of just a password that you know for some random dev domain that you don't have to use anymore, but actually forgotten my main login. And you're like, <laughs> or you had to call the help desk or or what? Yeah, I actually had to get it. I had to get it reset. Um, we've got quite a draconian lockout policy, and I only have, have to use it when I log into VPN and stuff because it's obviously already in Outlook. Um, and I tried to log in and just suddenly had this blank. I was like, oh no, what's my password? And I was like, tried a couple of times. Oh no, my account's locked out. So I emailed the help desk. Yeah, unlock my account. Okay, tried again, locked it out again. I was like, oh, this is going to get worse before it gets better. So I'm just going to just reset it. It was horrible. It was horrible. I felt like such a noob. <laughs> sure, the guy on the phone made you feel like a noob as well. <laughs> uh, thankfully, it's a, a lovely uh, support guys in St. Petersburg, so uh, they have no concept of noobs. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's been it's been a busy year. Um, it's been, as I say, so the six months since we uh, we last sort of went went out on the air, um, and a lot's happened from from an IT point of view. There's been sort of you know the collision of the oil tankers with Dell and EMC written on the side, um, and the oil price sinking as well. So yeah, yeah, that's obviously the oil price going down. But it's <laughs> yeah. been it's been interesting. Presumably, actually, with the oil price crashing, is Norway now like the Hunger Games? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Oh, we still have a lot of fish, though. So I mean, we we saw what it was like when you had like the dairy problems and the butter stuff. Yeah, it's uh, it's mayhem, mayhem <laughs> right now. It's just people roaming the streets, uh, killing each other on foot. But, Vigilantes yeah. and mutants and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So awesome. thankfully, thankfully, I work in IT and never go outside. So that's good. <laughs> Safe in a night in a, in a nice warm data center. Yeah. And everything's in the cloud anyway, so. Oh, that's all right then. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, Dell, yeah, the, the Dell EMC stuff was, I think, I don't know whether it sort of hit anyone by surprise. Not much really seems to have actually happened on the ground apart from some restructuring, which uh, I'm sure, and I, I feel very sorry for anyone that that's hit. Um, and I, I think. With with Dell being private, you don't know what's happened there because they don't actually have to declare it, do they? No. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, there's 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 must be some some deduplication going on there, which is going to be potentially unpleasant. I tried reading up on the tracker stock thing and whatever 
business deals were made on that kind of stuff. But once again, it just flew straight through my mind and out on the other other end without actually being processed at all. I don't get it. So the financial stuff, no way. It's uh, why would Dell want EMC? That's a different discussion. But yeah, for, the financial stuff, I don't know. It's, uh, it's quite interesting, I suppose. You know, EMC have never really sold servers. It gives them ser- it. It means that uh, Dell EMC or whatever you got to call it um, has a server division, pretty you know, a substantial one. There's going to have to be some massive consolidation on the storage side because there'll be, you know, it'll be like sort of if BMW and Mercedes merged. You know, which ones do you get rid of? Um, and at each sort of tier. I suppose both have their strengths. Hmm. Well, I guess that the enterprise storage from EMC, that'll still take the lead, right? I mean, a lot of the other stuff came through other random acquisitions, and some of it, some of it's kind of stale, to be honest. <laughs> like Equalogic. Yeah, I suppose um, Equalogic is potentially due for a, a bit of a bit of a refresh. Uh, no longer exactly refresh involves getting rid of it. Yeah. <laughs> But then, you know, you've got, obviously, okay, so, you know, VMAX sits pretty much happy at the top of its little ivory tower. Yeah, I mean, you got VMAX and you got Hitachi HDS. Yeah. VMAX will always exist as long as uh, they need the big monolithic arrays, you know. Mind you, speaking of people, have have you guys come across um, Infinidat yet? No. Again, this is... you know, I, I ended up talking to loads of people at different shows, and and you inadvertently sort of having a chat with the the vendors at the next stand, and we were next to the Infinidad guys. And um, uh, just a second, Infinidad or Infinidat? Infinidat. So this is the okay. third generation of storage by Moshi and I, the guy that invented Symmetrics, the question mark, um, and uh, <laughs> XIV, I think. <laughs> So and I, just, the, I, I was just think, thinking that my my new kind of job title should be Infinidad. <laughs> Infinidad. Yeah, that's yeah. Cool. well, that's only if you're presumably going to be working at some form of like sperm donation place. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just spawn a new process. Yeah. Never mind that. Yeah. Oh. I was just. <laughs> I thought you said Infinidad the first time, so I didn't <laughs> quite get it's it. Because yeah, because you got there's there's lots of infini somethings, aren't there? Hmm. Uh, for for very various uh, companies, but yeah, so they're they're trying to pitch basically Vmax performance at VNX price. It's like okay, it sounds almost too good to be true, but uh, yeah, so yeah, there's always going to be that space for that that big big array, um, and then you kind of you got to plug compellent in somewhere. Um, and is compellent better than than VNX? Well, it's, it, compellent users would probably say yes. Um, but yeah, there just seems to be a lot of slotting in, and you you almost end up have too many steps and too too wider a catalogue. But you don't really want to have to completely bin something that's got a reasonable user base and reasonable following. I assume. Yeah, and it's almost like I don't think that everything ever willfully integrate between the two guys. They might just all operate as independent uh, companies as they've always been. And the only thing difference is money. That could be another. It just all goes back to the same big pot. Yeah. yeah. 
which is yeah, it just seems seems a bit bit strange. Um, I guess that might makes Michael Dull the uh, Infinity Dad. <laughs> yes, almost. Yeah. Okay, almost. <laughs> Um, uh, what, what else do we have? I suppose we had uh, HP doing a, a bit of a, a split up and splitting off its enterprise stuff and spending a lot of money on a little blue square um, that, with a lovely logo. Although it's not quite blue, some say it's green. Yeah, it's, um, I guess it's hip to be square. I don't know. <laughs> yes, yeah, and they're, they're obviously they're trying to get into lots of cool stuff. So it seems they're sort of cozying up to um, Scality, the, the sort of the object storage people. I was reading that they've been giving them more and more money and. Scalability guys seem to be very happy about it, um, and because not many people have heard of scalability, that must make it quite cool, you know. So HP are trying to get into sort of hipsterity. <laughs> so remember, if you haven't heard of it, then it's hipster. Um, hipster IT. That should be like it's been a long time since we updated the V Soupionary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I think so. What, what qualifies really is hipster IT. What, what's hipster what's hipster IT? Not? I first decided that that git would be like the first uh, the first definition and uh anything similar like maybe uh um various chat programs like slack for instance that's hipster it uh, it's just just lazy irc it's great i love it <laughs> slack is pretty good actually yeah. Uh, but yeah, but I guess that makes me kind of hipster though. I have some code on GitHub. Well, you gotta keep your, 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 uh, thumb on the hipster pulse, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I gotta try, I, well, I'm not but... hipster, just my jeans are this naturally tight. <laughs> I, I, I'm kind of missing the, the beard though. It's, uh, that's not happening. So, um, I don't know what, how, how we should proceed to get more, get, be more hipster. I, I guess I could start using some stuff like, Ansible and stuff like that as well might help. I don't know. And start to like talk in everyday life, like eh, do a pull request and blah blah blah. <laughs> <laughs> is that, well, is, that is, kind of beats. That Let's double click on that. <laughs> <laughs> just don't talk about forking anything because that. Would be... <laughs> We're back to the sperm bag containers then. <laughs> It's, but, everything's connected, you know. Yeah, yeah, I, I suppose so. And you know, they keep. Is was this supposed to be the year of desktop virtualization, or is it the year of DevOps? I can't. I can't remember. Um, I guess Did it turn the, out to actually be any of them? I think it's the year of VDI this year, you guys. Yeah, you're definitely calling it. Yeah, it's it's going to happen for sure. <laughs> VDI in the cloud, uh, automated, and, and with Git or something. <laughs> <laughs> There's a bunch of gits around. I'll, I'll give you that. <laughs> um, it's, I suppose, interesting just to sort of see where uh, things are moving. Um, I was, as, as part of my my new uh, sort of secondary role um, of joining the uh, London VMUG committee, um, I got to have a look through some of the submissions for the sort of the community awards. Um, that you know, quite looking forward to presenting those in a couple of weeks. But just looking at the the topics and then sort of casting my own mind back to the kinds of things that were being presented at a VMUG when I started doing VMUG sort of nearly uh, about eight years ago now. Um, and, yeah, there's there's a definite shift. The sorts of things that are being presented are not the same. Um, there is there's a lot more around this sort of the automation pieces. Um 
not necessarily focusing specifically on the VMware way of doing things. Um, although, you know, it being a VMUG, there's going to be a fair amount of VMware content, but there, there just seem to be, yeah, a bit, perhaps a bit more hip variety. Could it just be because it's the London VMUG? You know, if it was the Shoreditch VMUG, you'd get plenty of that. Um, but if you did the same sort of thing in Carolina, they're still trying to work out how to do a P2V. <laughs> they still have a P2V best practices session. Exactly, is yeah. you know how you can best deploy Compact Insight Manager. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing um, is, the, the whole virtualization stuff is kind of, I don't know, tried and tested and true, and everyone's using it anyway. And it's yeah, pretty enough- much gone to the... It, it's getting closer to being a commodity, to be honest. Yeah, there's not much need to evangelize it anymore, either. No. Uh, Unless you screw up your home lab like I did, so I need to do something now. But so. <laughs> how, how to how to protect your home lab? Yeah, yeah. But even then, home labs—you know—the face of the home lab is changing. You know, gone were the days when we used to try and find something half decent on eBay that would, you know, dim the lights in the neighbourhood when you switched it on. Um, even home labs are moving into the cloud. Um, you've got Ravello and doing all their sort of clever stuff. I mean, if you're Microsoft um, leaning, then you can do an awful lot in in Azure. Um, you know, I speak to all of the Microsoft SEs, and again, they used to have big beefy laptops. They used to have you know access at least to um, remote labs that might be in a Microsoft office. Now, all they just seem to have is Azure credit. Yeah. Um, and it is it's quite literally all on the cloud. Um, which, yeah, I think that's that's a definite shift. I think that's probably the biggest shift in the last the last few years. Um, yeah, the hi- hi- whole hybrid cloud thing is kind of maturing to a point where actually people are actually starting to use it. But even though, if there is a hybrid, are those two instances are they, are they connected as everyone thought would they would be on the PowerPoint? This you know <laughs> seamless transition between uh, on-premises hardware and um, actually it was the the Microsoft vision where you had you know your your local uh, kit you had kit in a, a boutique service provider um, that was a colo and then you had Azure and you could move everything seamlessly and beautifully between those as as you wanted to. Um, Skeptical little old me sort of thinks that the reality is probably quite different. That once you deploy a workload in one of those three buckets, that's generally where it stays. Yeah, you don't move them around. That's you can do it, but you don't in reality. So. Yes, yeah, it's, it's not exactly clean or without interruption. No, the thing is, you, you can you can start doing stuff like let's talk about Azure for a while then. And, and Microsoft is doing a lot of Azure stuff in in Norway. You. Why do you want to have your own local exchange server anymore? You don't need that. You just put in an Azure or Office 365 and you're done with it. Yeah, even the the hybrids, you know, where you might want to have a couple of mailboxes that you don't want to sit in Azure, something that you might be decommissioning or someone that's on, like, hold. Um, It seems to be quite viable that, yeah, you'll have your last exchange server on site, but it's really just holding a handful of mailboxes. Yeah. Um, And And that's definitely a thing now. Why? Why would you want to have that locally anyway? Why? Why would you use? 
spend time and internal resources on patching and administering and managing an exchange environment when you can just buy it for, on a mailbox basis. You don't. There's no need to do that anymore. So, I mean, are the days of the exchange admin, do you think they're, are they potentially one of the first sort of application-specific days to be numbered? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I would say messaging and SharePoint. Yeah. Uh, those basic, are basically, in, in, in the Microsoft world, basically everything that's covered by Office 365 is pretty much out of, uh, you need to update your skill set if that's what you, you're yeah. working with. Uh, it's like our, um, the uh, Skype for Business link, whatever they, communicator, whatever they want to call it these days. Skype for Business these days. Messenger. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that used to be a really significant, if you wanted to deploy an enterprise version, you know, uh, scale version of Link, yeah. and do video and voice and stuff, the amount of hardware you had to put in was obscene. Yeah. But you can do exactly the same thing with Skype for Business mm -hmm. and deploy zero hardware. Yeah. So uh, it depends, much. Uh, in Norway at least, it depends a bit on if you want breakout to the telef uh, telephone net network or not. But if you don't, okay, so you probably need to install a SIP gateway locally or something like that. Yeah, well, they don't offer a, a local breakout in Norway at the moment. So, oh, okay. at the local breakout, you you have to have it on premises. But if you don't need that and you just want to use it for internal communication or federation outside without having a breakout to the, the to uh, to do phone calls, buy it as a service. It's that it's it's that easy. You know, it's. You don't have to buy all the stuff anymore. Yeah, I, th I think it, it, it's an example of, you know, Microsoft do get a bit of bashing from time to time, but recently they, they're doing a lot of things which are, are working. You know. That stuff works, and it works really well. Um, and that's kind of, especially in Norway, that's kind of one of, one of the things that Microsoft is doing really well is, is promoting the Office 365 stuff. And they're selling a lot of it. And it's kind of hard to compete with that Doing some kind of vCloud, vCloud Air uh, environment, and, and setting everything up there when you can just buy it as a pre-made service from Microsoft directly. Yeah, um, so, they can, I mean, no matter how good your as a as a, uh, a value-added sort of service provider, systems integrator type thing, no matter how good your automation processes are, yeah. you're going to have to do something pretty special to beat the automation processes that already exist in three six five. Yeah. Um, you're, you're not going to be able to do it, basically. Yeah, yeah, it must be. It, it's somewhat, I, I would hate to be working for a small a small reseller um, doing three. You know where you know the people that used to sell small business server. <laughs> yeah, there's the, they they must have had to find something else to do because you know, yeah, they're pretty much selling Office three sixty five now anyway. But yeah, but presumably, I I mean. Um, being it's been a while since I've been in the reseller world. Is is there any is there reasonable margin to be made on that? Is can you make a business well, reselling three six five? I guess yeah. it, it comes with the professional services and the migration. And I, I suppose the migration is probably the only way you can make some money out of it. But that's yeah, a one. You get a commission on the licenses and and, and the uh, the basic subscriptions as well. So if you resell those, the margins are aren't huge, but you get something, and that's kind of free money anyway. 
you get them monthly and, and, and that's it. So you get a kickback from Microsoft on that. And, and depends on which partner it's uh, registered through. But you get some kind of uh, free money on your bottom line for selling that. And it just takes in on a monthly basis. So, okay, it's fair enough. But it, it's, you have to have some really high volumes to make money off it. Yeah. I always kind of thought that encouraging resellers to sell 365 is like trying to get turkeys to campaign for Christmas. Um, that, you know, it, it's very much, it's a one-way journey. Um, and I, from a messaging point of view, it does appear to be a little bit of a monopoly, unless you're going to go Google. Um, so what happens if, um, did I read somewhere that Amazon are trying to bring out a messaging platform? Yeah, I think I saw something about that. So I did study it. So. Yeah, that could be different. Um, and you know, I, I wonder whether they were the only people. Could they compete in the same way that well, Google tried to compete, but I've not really seen that many enterprises that are really happy with Google. I tried it, and it didn't do exactly what they thought it was going to do. No. Um, and if Amazon are going to be starting from dot, and Microsoft have got twenty years of trying to provide of providing enterprise messaging, mm-hmm. I think my money's still on Microsoft for it. Yeah, uh, it's it's a hard kind of it, it. It's hard to shake down Microsoft on on that stuff. It 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 really is, unless you unless you don't come from a Microsoft world to begin with. And then kind of all bets are off. Why Why would you buy Office 365 if you could do Gmail, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, if, you, if you have a history with Microsoft stuff, it's it's really hard to compete with. Yeah, Microsoft I suppose, again, it kind of goes back to the hipster IT people that, you know, they, they probably, <laughs> they don't even use email these days. It, it's They actually write in the, the phone in their coffee. And they <laughs> Instagram it to someone, and um, that's how they, they message. They, they uh, give each, send each other pull requests. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's all direct. It's it's just API messaging now. <laughs> you mean you've got a GUI? Oh no, sorry. Um, so yeah, I, I suppose the some of the the newer breed might be. You know, are they even trying to use traditional enterprise messaging in that way? Probably not. Um, that said. You know, there's a an awful lot being said about sort of you know the, these new new ways of doing things and how how everything's going to change. Um, but outside of you know a very very small circle of people who are writing cloud native apps and all sorts of other cool stuff like that, the vast majority of the real world is quite happy doing things as as they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, uh, yeah, if you can automate to introduce a new service quicker, fantastic. But if you're a company that is stable and operating just fine as they are, do they actually need any new services? And do you spend more time writing the automation piece than you would to provision that one new service every two years that they actually needed? Exactly. And that that's one of the reasons Office 365, again, is doing well, because you can pretty much take everything that uh, 
requires an ongoing maintenance and just move it out to someone else, let them take care of it. You buy it as a, ser it as a service. And then again, you can focus your internal IT resources on the production system that actually makes the business unique. And you can keep those on-premises instead. Um, and then you have a kind of a split brain. Standard stock stuff is bought as a service, and those unique things are, are, are local, and, and IT resources can actually use their, their time on improving business processes instead of creating exchange mailboxes. But isn't that going down? Um, I, I try to keep up with the um, the stream of um, tweet stream of, of Simon Wardley's the whole uh, bimodal IT. Isn't, isn't that what bimodal IT is? Where you've got these two very different streams of technology, um, and that you maintain those explicitly. But apparently, that's bad. And I'm not too sure why it's bad. Um, I think I should probably need to do some some more reading on it. Um, but yeah, of the you know, you keep your traditional IT and you never let it touch all of the the new funky sort of service service based stuff. Um, yeah, but how much new service based stuff is out there? I mean, really? I mean, all people <laughs> are developing their own services, their own you know hipster style services, right? What I'm seeing is, is yeah, there, I guess if you call it bimodal IT, there's still the traditional enterprise corporate IT department with all the regulations and blah, blah, blah. And then there's like sometimes secondary. They used to call it, uh, what did they call it? Shadow IT, Shadow right? IT, yeah. But this yeah. is actually becoming a thing. Yeah. A second department showing up, doing all the cool hipster stuff, while enterprise IT still does all the, uh, you know, very standard and what some people might call dinosaur stuff. Yeah, I mean, the, yeah, the concept of sort of rogue IT, shadow IT has been going for years. I mean, it, it's why we use Dropbox because the file server is rubbish. Um, it's why sales departments started to use Salesforce.com versus Act. If anyone ever used Act, yeah. because Act was just horrible and you know it was inflexible. And you had to be in the office to go and use it. But the salesforce.com, this was a website. I remember sort of first seeing it a few years ago before I really knew quite what it was. And I was like, oh, it just seems to be like act online. Oh, well, never mind. And then a few years later, sort of seeing Salesforce and realizing quite what an absolute beast it was. Um, and then, you know, sort of trying to cut, sort of cast my mind back as to how obviously some sales departments must have gone, oh, we'll just use this website. It seems easier than waiting for the IT department to fix the Act server, which has gone wrong again or something like that. Mm -hmm. And why why wouldn't you let someone who knows what they're doing uh, provide the services instead of some hack in your office? <laughs> yeah, so that's why these shadow IT departments are popping up. They don't call themselves that, but... <laughs> Oh, it's, it's all back to office space, though, isn't it? You know, you need someone that can talk to the customers. They need people <laughs> skills. I have skills. <laughs> like, especially in say, tech technology companies, or like, like something what I do, medical technology, right? Then there, there's maybe a couple different IT departments uh, with different purposes. Some of them are, you know, uh, it's like. Oh, we try to figure out new stuff while other departments continue to keep the business running. Mm -hmm. 
It's the way things yeah, you can get funny, funny titles like Director of Innovation and stuff like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's one I've seen. Um, the best one, so we have like a little bit of a, a lottery um, at, at various events. And, you know, you get given a lot of business cards. And some of those business cards have got some brilliant job titles on them. And we always like to sort of see who could find someone with the best job title. Um, I did see someone with a job title, Maker of Things. Um, I was really hoping if things included a sandwich or perhaps a cup of tea. Um, but uh, that's, that's all they had. Someone actually described themselves as a wizard on their, job, on their business card. Uh, that was pretty unique. What was the name of the guy, the AOL guy? You know the AOL guy? Or the Digital Prophet? <laughs> you know that guy? You heard of that guy? The guy working for AOL who's like an evangelist and said he's going to bring AOL back into the new world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, AOL. Guy. Yeah, Shingy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got a hell of a hairstyle. and. Uh... Yeah, yeah. Awesome. He looked kind of bimodal as well. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Possibly bipolar. Um, yeah, well, same thing. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, bipolar you know. IT. That's something we we need to define at some point. <sighs> I, I, yeah, that, that, that's, that, that's, that could be a difficult one. That could be a very, <laughs> very, very sensitive subject. Um, but, yeah, I, I guess, you know, it, it's almost like as if someone just was given a big box of words and go, pick four of those and that's your new job title. <laughs> Yeah, you get kind of weird stuff. Strategic um, Cloud Evangelist Committee design or something like that. <laughs> I think I just want badass on mine. <laughs> that should should be good. That's, uh, it's a little bit close to kind of like Mark Zuckerberg's, you know, I'm CEO bitch. Ah, yeah. Okay. I need to find something. Debugging genius or... Just something. boss, I think. Yeah. Outfit, or like song lyrics, whatever you want. <laughs> so, so, what is your job title at my impression? Every time we look, it's a different one. <laughs> right now, it's actually cloud architect. Yeah, you only pick two words in the box. Yeah, that's that's pretty much how far my mind goes. So, architect for innovation, cloud stack architect, <laughs> digital transformation guru would be good. <laughs> Digital transformation <laughs> Lothario. <laughs> Do it smoothly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, if anyone asks, it's like a normal translation, but it's smoother. <laughs> and you get a slice of melon at the end. Yeah, well, um, so, sometimes you get just given weird titles as well. I got an ambassador title for something, so. Ambassador? Ambassador. Yeah. Does that I, come with Free Ferrero Rocher? I. I, my, my first question was, do I get dip, diplomatic immunity uh, <laughs> and blue license plates? <laughs> That's what I really wanted. So, so what, what were you given ambassador for? Uh, it's actually VMware Norway who gave out um, a title as ambassador 2015. Some kind of uh, reasoning. I, the reasoning I got, I wasn't there when the, the they handed out the award, though. But uh, the reasoning was... Um, you're Pretty. the only guy, right? Yeah, as I mentioned, it's a shallow <laughs> end of the pool here in Norway. So. Yeah, yeah. Reminds I, me of. I, uh, I've hit my head more than once. In uh, the but, US, I'm not sure if you guys had that in your your countries, but we had these 
sports participation awards for young kids. Yeah. It's kind of <laughs> kind of similar to that. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm here. I get a title. That's right. <laughs> I showed up. But yeah, then again, did I didn't so show up. so good. Here, you're an ambassador now, Christian. Yeah. Well, it's, I, I guess it, it's a nice gesture, though. It's a kind of related to the VMUG stuff I've been doing and helping getting VMUG started in Norway and whatever. But it's, uh, it's a title that doesn't say anything again. So I got a nice plaque out of it, though. That's, that's a, looks good in the office. Hmm. Running out of plaque space in your <laughs> office there? <laughs> gonna say you're gonna need to move house soon why more space for plaques yeah all these awards are weighing me down <laughs> in the shallow end of the pool i think you should you should also instead of awards just get medals like medallions so you'd be like a norwegian ba baracus <laughs> or mr t or or back when Gold i chains with Back when I was competing in, in powerlifting contests and strongman contests, they would give us, like, gladiator weapons, like a freaking Conan sword or, like, uh, with your name engraved on it. <laughs> well, something I, new. <laughs> I did get a plastic ninja sword from Pernix Data. At oh, cool. <laughs> with lead lights in it. So, yeah. Well, these were pretty like, close. These were, like, yeah. real weapons, you know. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> Kind of different. Beats a plaque. Yeah. Yeah, it does. (laughs) (laughs) We get we get a lot of weird stuff. Um but that's I guess it's a weird industry, so no no wonder. (laughs) An industry with big egos these days. (laughs) Oh yeah. I guess that's a hipster trait as well. Yeah. By the time it's come out or you can read about it, it's not cool anymore. No, no, it's 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 got it's got to be new. At the point that it's actually usable for something. It's unusable. <laughs> you can't use that, is that what happened? Yeah. Yeah, like once Docker becomes usable for every single app in the world, it nobody will want to use it anymore. Yeah, they'll go back to virtual machines. Yeah, they're like, I'm done with this stuff. No, I do Still containers? Back, wow. back to bare metal then. And call that <laughs> 2015 like, just called. Yeah. Then, like, vintage will be back in style with the hipsters, right? Not because it's advancement, just because... Uh, they'll, they'll go back mainframe, I think. Yeah. <laughs> That's where we're heading anyway, to be honest. Well, yeah, it's all a big cycle in the end. Yeah. Bring back AS400, that's what I say. Hey, in my first job, I was uh, I was an operator, you know. Yeah, see, that's when things needed proper operators. None, none of this DevOps. You actually had a job title with more than one syllable in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or actually a full word. I mean, shit. <laughs> no short names. <laughs> no acronyms. Yeah. <laughs> and absolutely no one knew what you were doing anyway, so. No, mostly I was, I was it, it was really crazy. You would fill up the printer. It would print out reams and reams of junk. You would deliver them to people's desks, uh, randomly hit buttons when stuff got frozen. <laughs> <laughs> sounds, sounds like, like a, a deep, deep technical problem. Yeah. Yeah, sounds like a printer. 
It, well, it, it prints stuff out, right? Like people yeah. run reports. But That's nowadays, printing. they got like BI and stuff like that. They run the report. It's auto-delivered them directly in PDF. Back in the day, wow. it printed out in my data center room where I was half asleep. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember, um, I think, one of my, my early jobs at a big insurance company, and we were right by the print room, and it was where they had, yeah, you know, batch printing. They might run one or two batch prints a day, and all of your print jobs are queue, and then suddenly you just get delivered this box full of papers. Like, what the hell is this? And it'll be sort of the letters and stuff that'd be going out. All good fun. All good fun. Yep. So, um, just a, a sort of a quick one before we, we finish off. Um, what are you guys really looking forward to in, in 2016? Anything, you know, um, big on the horizon for yourselves? Working less would be good. <laughs> Don't automate yourself or something. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, maybe that's why. More automation. Only need to come in the office really once a week to do a you know, proper amount of work that I would need normally in more than 40 hours. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Also, automate your expense processing at least. <laughs> I think I'll have a goal for 2016 to kind of automate my uh, title changes. Um, see if I can randomize something every maybe, month. You title something like that. Maybe if one of us has some free time, we can write code up a little generator for you. Yeah. <laughs> In dark, you it, so they it, automatically just orders the business cards the first you know about it, or when your new <laughs> business cards arrive. Yeah. Sounds good. It should, it should be a, a cloud native app, so I can run it uh, on some some cloud. No one's heard about it. Write yep. it in Ruby on Rails for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that'd be, be interesting. I don't know um, what I'm looking forward to. Um, I think I think it's going to be uh, a pretty busy year. Um, I don't know. From a technology is going to move on. Startups are going to start up. Some will die. Some will get acquired. And some will merge, some will split, um, but and you know, hopefully, not too many people will, will lose their jobs. Um, lots of people will find jobs that you know, kind of. It's it's great seeing um, people announce a new role and move into bigger and better things. Uh, it's terrible seeing them lose them. Yeah. So that's true. hopefully, lots of the positive, less of the negative. Yeah, we want to see the industry grow, not uh, sink, not shrink. Yeah. Basically, not do a hipster and disappear up its own arsehole. <laughs> yeah, guys. So um, that's V Soup number fifty-seven, and it, we're quite rusty. But thanks a lot for listening to us this time, and we're gonna try and keep it up uh, to try and keep our our listener base. I'm sure more than half of you have uh, have kind of tuned out. <laughs> but those yeah. who are listening, thanks for sticking with us. And as usual, you can hear us on Stitcher, iTunes, or Resoup.net. Yeah, thanks to both of you. Thanks, guys. Thanks, both, guys. Of, both of the listeners, I mean. <laughs> <laughs>